Hello and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Sosha. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. It's December. We're diving into some new metal today, something that's been recommended to us many, many times. And we said, now's the time. It's 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 Christmas season. Giving is is what everyone does at Christmas. Oh my God! You okay? <laughs> Lauren's nose is pouring blood out. Of I it. am just I am it's just covered in blood thing. as I try to remember the reason for the season, and it's Nullset. Ah, there you go. And their album Nullset. We're gonna talk all about it. We're very excited to talk about this album, but before we get into that, we've got to talk about who's tweeting. Who's tweeting? Who is? You know what's something that everybody's always talking about? They're talking about bodies. Bodies. We got a tweet from Philip Leiter. He says, I discovered my three-year-old son loves the song Bodies. We have a little roach rider on our hands. Love it. That's wonderful. One more in the bodies uh, fandom. Start him young. Let him know. Let him know. Thank you, Phil. We also have to talk about, and this is very exciting, Who's New Metal Potting? Who's New Metal Potting? Who is? So uh, we've been doing this show for almost four years. And uh, for a long time, it's kind of just been us out here. You know, Toomey, the guys at Discography Discussion, they're, they're talking about New Metal a little bit. But nobody else has really been in this shit. Week to dealing, week. Week to week dealing with New Metal. Three years and, strong. Oh, man, let me tell you. But you know what? We got some messages from uh, from some listeners letting us know about two new new metal podcasts that popped up. The POD cast and the Life Was Peachy podcast. And we're always happy to see more people ready to go on the new metal journey with us. And it's exciting. Uh, the POD cast uh, is a monthly podcast hosted by, and I hope I get these names right, Murder Brian and John Cullen, uh, and uh, two comedians. They're talking about a different new metal album every month. They're taking their time. They're spacing it out. I think that's going to help their sanity a little bit, giving themselves agree. a month between albums. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, they've been talking about Deftones, and they've been talking about Corn, and uh, it's a very fun show. Very nice guys. So. If, if you haven't had enough new metal with us, check out the POD cast. And then uh, the other podcast is Life Was Peachy with uh, comedian Andrew Kahak. And uh, I got to tell you, great title. Great title of this pod. Every episode of Life Was Peachy, Andrew uh, talks to a different guest about a specific new metal album. And they just get all into it and just chop it up. Talk about what they were listening to at the time and how they feel about the record and another fun trip down the old memory lane so i recommend them both check them both out check out the boys tell them the coach sent you and you know what guys it's been uh almost a year since we did a live show a live show it's alive jenny when's this live show happening when are we doing roach coach live again oh my god well if you must know 
which you must know. Uh, we're doing Roach Coach live again at Snow Day 2020. That is going to be Sunday, January 19th at 2 p.m. at Go Comedy Improv Theater in Ferndale, Michigan. This is a benefit. Benefits lots of great charities. Uh, so if you'd like to fund it, you can go through GoFundMe. Uh, and I'm going to do something. I'm going to read out a web address to you. Oh, wow. I'm going to expect you to type that shit in. It's facebook.com slash snowdayimprovmarathon. I'll take you to the GoFundMe. Um, It's a really great cause. It's it's a lot of really funny people uh, staying up for way, way too long. Way too long. We're going at 2 p.m. because... We respect ourselves. Your coach has got to sleep. We <laughs> get <right>. tired. <laughs> we get real That's right. tired. Jared. I was going to say, last year, we were at noon, and we thought, perfect, great. And we dragged our bodies in there at like 11.57. It was, <laughs> like it was an embarrassment. <laughs> yeah. We, we were really roasted. So 2 p.m., we're going to be spring chickens. Absolutely. We have an album picked out. We're not going to say just yet. We're very excited to talk about it in front of this audience. But where but if, Matt, if this helps, I hear banging in the distance. Oh. Mm. Is that the tease? Okay. And uh I just gotta say, yeah, we're very excited to do this show. We haven't done a live show in a year. We're hoping everybody can make it out. Um we're gonna make it worth your while. We're gonna try some new stuff, we're gonna try to get a little interactive. It's going to be a blast. Just imagine me <laughs> sitting on you, staring at you <laughs> the whole episode. The whole episode. Very I, I'm right interactive. Now, very interactive. We're trying to get some guests. Jenny, you are going to try to get Mitch. You're going to see what, what you can do. We'll try. He's very fussy. But we'll see if I can. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know if we can afford him. So, yeah. So, uh, look forward to that. Sunday, January 19th, 2020, Snow Day 2020 at Go Improv Theater in Ferndale, Michigan. Uh, You guys, we did an episode all about Sunk Lodo, and we got some feedback on it. We sure did. Over on Instagram, Stevenson said, honestly, I'm surprised I've never heard of this band. P.S. Podcasts have been awesome, my friends. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Stephen. Over on Twitter, uh, I believe this is the AJ Pulliam, at the AJ Pulliam, says, what about Hollywood Undead first or second album or From Ashes to New for some modern new metal canon? Thank you. Thank we'll you. Add them to the list. Yeah. Now that we've committed to sprinkling in new for 2020. I'm just going to keep bringing it back up. Uh, That sounds great. Uh, The Hunan Hunan Beef Box says it took me way too long to realize that everyone wasn't just pronouncing stuck mojo a little weird. Indeed, we were not. Indeed. Dream for an end said I just found out, thanks to the Josta show, that Danny Wimmer is in fact... Danny from the Milk Bar. Whoa, what? what? Thank God. Wow. There it is. It's been a while since we've had a a great thank you track. Mm, Yeah, we haven't had a great thank you track in a while. Where's our indigo flows at? Yeah. We need more gratitude. More gratitude in our new metal. Attitude of gratitude. 
bros. Yeah. Yeah. Straight up. So everybody sent us a lot of uh, albums for November. And if any of those albums has an Indigo Flow-esque thank you track, let us know. We'll bump it up because we're ready. We're ready for one of those again. Yeah. And we have the authority to bump them up. We do. We do. (laughs) We do have the authority. (laughs) A very scientific approach to selecting the albums. So. Mm. Uh, Jaeger says, if you're considering EPs, I recently came across Alpha Wolf Fault EP. First track, No Name. Matt and Osman, I need you to fast forward to 244. Can you hear that? Such a new metal moment. Let's see. I'm all for it. Alpha Wolf. Oh, here we go. And he said he's going to need me to fast forward to... 244. 244. No problem. You got it. Here we go. Here's two minutes and 44 seconds into Alpha Wolf's song, No Name. Can you hear that? Does it sound like me not giving a fuck? Oh, oh shit. I wow. We're gonna have to consider an EP. No. I need to learn more. <laughs> oh I my. love that. That's Whoa. a big Draymond sickness vibe. Oh wow. Oh boy. But much heavier. It sounds Do more you like... hear that? Can you hear that? Wow. Oh. I love Whoa. it. Thank you oh boy. so much. Thank you. Uh man. Uh you know what? Also, a big thank you to Sunk Lodo themselves. Over on Instagram, posted up the coach in their story and said, so this happened. Posted a link to the pod with metal fingers. Indeed, it happened. Thank you, Sunk Lodo, for making such a hot EP. Thank you. Ah, N for us says, I don't know if anyone's suggested Element 80, but I'm only doing so for the sole reason that the song meaning section for their one of their songs is a total shit show. Hey. Hey, sometimes the suggestion for shit show song meetings is just enough for us to do it. That's exactly right. Thank you. Element 80. We're bumping them up. <laughs> because we have the authority to do so. That's right. Over on Facebook, Corey Jackson said, classic. I recommend their album Between Birth and Death as well. Thumbs up emoji. Chris Freeman says, OMG, thanks for the big shout out. Big thanks for the shirts and extra big ass thanks to big ass thanks. I'm reading for the first time as usual. Congratulations. Um, Thank you so much. I've been working really fucking hard on this. I'm doing great. (laughs) Yeah, 36 is going to be the year. Uh, big thanks for the shirt and extra big ass thanks to Sweet Mitchell. Good luck on your nuptials, Jenny. Thank you. Successful so far. So far, so good. Uh, Miguel said best new metal EP ever. Sunk Lodo shit posting says sick. And uh, Stephen Tilbury said finally. I've been waiting three years for this. The constant harassment and punishing paid off. Thanks so much for doing the EP, and most importantly, throwing it in the canon. A few notes. Submission was directly inspired by Be Quiet and Drive. The singer and drummer are brothers. I think Lauren mentioned Silverchair due to young age when they started. When they got signed, there were tons of comparisons in the media's Silverchair because of this, and Jason was compared to Daniel Johns a lot because they're both pretty hot. 
had blonde dreads and fronted young, hyped-up Aussie bands. Big Picture Lies is their debut LP and their only new metal full-length, Death Worth a Review. Their second album, Between Birth and Death, is not even close to new metal. It's closer to Meshuga than anything. Roach Coach, you're easily the best honorary bogans slash roughies slash mad cunts out. You, you know that makes our day over here. Sure does. Beautiful. And then P.S. Fun story. In January of 2000, I was interviewed at the Gold Coast Big Day Out, our biggest alternative music festival at the time, by a former Channel V, the Australian MTV personality, named Jabba. Love this guy already. He was talking to a bunch of randoms, including me, who were at the festival, and because Sunk was were playing, he asked if anyone knew what a vinegar stroke was. Before anyone else could answer, I yelled, the last dick stroke before a guy comes. He asked me how I knew that because being quite young and because the term isn't that well known. I then told him that my dad told me the meaning after he asked what the song was I was listening to was called. As a teen on live TV, yelling that out was so, I was so proud, so damn proud. <laughs> PPS, other terms for vinegar stroke I've heard are the mayonnaise stroke and lemon thrust. Wow. So much, so much to say about this comment. I'm completely charmed by your spelling of tons, which is T-O-N-N-E-S. Love it. Also, I would have been very proud as a teen. Also, God, vinegar stroke, mayonnaise stroke, and lemon thrust are disgusting. (laughs) Way gross. (laughs) Super gross. Uh, And we have one last comment, Jenny. Oh, yes. Sunk Lodo themselves commented with a series of emojis. We've got metal fingers, a winking kissy face with a heart, and a flame emoji. Thank you. Thank you, Sunk Lodo. Thank you. And thank you so much to everybody who wrote in for who's tweeting. Keep on saying hello online. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, head on over to roachcoach.com. Get yourself a tea, check out old, old apps, check out all the shows available over on Gabber Media. Matt, you, you got a couple shows, right? What do you yeah. got going on? What do you got going on? Well, I'll We're tell 180 you right now. plus in. Let's, let's plug a couple of your shows. <laughs> you know, uh, at coming in at a paltry 160 some episodes, I think it was 153, is a little show I like to call Transmissions from the Dark Side where every week we cover an episode of Anthology Horror. We've already covered every season of Tales from the Dark Side. We have made it through one and a half seasons of Monsters, uh, but this October we took a little sidetrack over into Creepshow territory. We are covering the 2019 Shudder TV exclusive Creepshow, and we go through each vignette, and it's... Us recounting it and then cracking a ton of jokes. So it's a lot of fun. Check Check that out. It out. Check it out. Check it out. If you need more Matt Noss in your life, that's one way to do it. And who doesn't? Who doesn't? The other option is the long road of befriending you. That is true. It's not really a long road. (laughs) It's just being a normal person. I don't know. I now have trials, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, I know. You see, there are lots of people waiting outside every time we come over. Um, But yeah, listen to it. Check it out. And now it's time for the album of the week, Null Set by Null Set. Jenny, when did this album come out? 
This album was released on July 17th, 2001. 2001. That's the thick of it still. That's the thick of it. But it's... Whisper thin. Ooh, it's too... At the razor's edge. Yeah. They don't know what's going to happen. America doesn't know what's going to happen. Well, the government does. (laughs) But uh, I would say, I'm going to guess nobody in Nullset knew. I'm going to absolutely <laughs> say with confidence. Yeah. No, none of them knew. Jenny, any history with Nullset? No, just uh, people suggesting them to us. I uh, have to say the same. Matt, any history with Nullset? Same, same. Okay, so we all came into Nullset pretty fresh. Uh, Jenny, who's in Nullset? Oh, on this record? Of mm-hmm. all records, <laughs> this record, I had to go to a different place than normal. Stretch. <laughs> Stretch it out. Like Caramello. Mm. Uh, set is Ken Smith on vocals. That would be Kenny on vocals. Jim Foster on guitar and vocals. Chris Fitzgerald, also known as Fitzy, on guitars. Jim Shippey, also known as Shippey, on bass. And uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce Mick's last name. Well, maybe I will. Mick Palmisano on drums, also known as Mick. Mick. When we were getting ready to do this episode, we were very excited to find that there was an entire documentary all about Nullset called Nullset, The Gangsta Bitch Barbie Story. And uh, Jenny, you and I sat down separately and watched this documentary. Um, I watched it just me and Simon and a bag of flips. <laughs> did you? Did you watch it solo? Did you? Did you finagle Mitch into a watch? Yeah, why not both? So I started mm. watching it myself, and I got about fifteen or twenty minutes in, and I thought Mitch would really enjoy this. So I watched it, I finished it, but then when he came home from work that day, we watched it again. Oh, okay. So I watched it once myself and uh, once with Mitch and I think some Chardonnay. I don't think we had any snacks. Mm. We wound up going out for dinner later. Really important details. Very important (laughs) details. Riveting. But yes, it it was a wild ride of a documentary, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can kind of dive into a little bit of... So, Nullset uh, are a Boston band, uh, originally called Gangsta Bitch Barbie, made up of members of multiple other bands, Controlled Aggression, yeah, I believe, is, is the band mm-hmm. that a lot of people just kept leaving. Uh, Kenny, the lead singer, uh, was uh, the drummer in Controlled Aggression, and basically... He's- he sucked. <laughs> he sucked. He was very bad. If, if the documentary is to be believed, we revisit Kenny being a bad drummer several times. I don't remember everybody else who gets sort of gets booted out of or just leaves controlled aggression. And and we just got to mention this documentary made by the band. Um, and you know you're in for a special doc when every single person that they talk to has a beer in their hand or nearby. So everyone is a well-lubricated storyteller. True. Um, we get a guy is interviewed while he's riding a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. There's a gentleman interviewed in front of a raging bonfire. Uh, 
but what was most interesting to me, and I don't know if you cut this, Jenny, was that we get all these different perspectives on what happened with this band, while at the same time, they are all in agreement. Like, there's no Rashomon aspect of things where someone's like, I remember that day, we were all doing this, and then they talk to somebody else, and he's like, ah, that's not how I remember it. Everyone basically remembers everything the exact same way. Yeah, and they're all, like, lightly jabbing each other the whole time. Except for mm. Shippy, who is the true angel of the whole doc. Absolutely. Shippy and they, is... And yeah. that's also something that's truly agreed on. They're oh, like, yeah. Shippy's the nicest person in this band. And then when you hear <laughs> him talk, he just seems like a totally nice, normal person. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also like how this is a doc where they talk about every single person and they're just like, Kenny? Ke- Kenny's Kenny, man. You know, Kenny, Kenny. Jim? D- Jim, Jim? Jim, Jim, Jim. Chris? Chris is Chris. Yeah. Shippy? Shippy, Shippy. Mick? He's a fucking maniac. That's true. <laughs> and Mick serves those maniac vibes <laughs> oh the moment they, they almost tease out mick's arrival like well then mick showed up and then mick shows up and kind of takes over the movie a bit yeah i would say so i think he, it would yeah. be impossible for him not to take over any place that he is at any time <laughs> he seems to just have one of those personalities yeah and uh, he's the only person all the other doc uh interviews are you just hear the person who's talking. And with Mick, he'll say something. And then you just hear, I don't know, it sounds like Howard Stern's whack pack off, scre- off screen. Just like <laughs> scream laughing like, Mick did it again! I and, love a good uh, whack pack. I mean. <laughs> it was, it was uh, very amusing. And um, you, you really get through the whole thing. So I don't know, do we want to recap that or just kind of talk about it as we go through the album? Uh, I say for the interest of... Everybody's time. We should yeah, probably yeah, talk probably. about it as we go All right. through the album. All right. Yeah. I, I do want to mention real quick. I do have a physical copy of this album. Uh, it was a big thrift from Vinyl Asylum on eBay for a sweet $4.25. Oh, see, five cents off from being hilarious. <laughs> You're right. You went to the asylum. Mm-hmm. It's that tax that did it, you know. Mm-hmm. I just want to mention they'd never talk about any of the meaning behind any of this album art with these crown and flying uh, lions, I guess. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. no real story on this album art. Well, I mean, it's, it's a zero, right? Yeah. So and, it's. And then oh, it's, that is a zero. Totally and, lost that in there. And then it's uh, five stars below it, right? Yeah. So that is a null set. Got it. Thank you, Matt. You cracked it wide open. Oh, shit. Who's the producer on this record? Oh, that's going to be our sweet friend, Howard Benson. Howie B, back at the boards. Howie B, Howard Benson, back on it. Lots of nice things said about Howard Benson in the documentary. <laughs> A lot of conf- like compliments, but confusing compliments given to Howard <laughs> Benson, which I can't wait to talk about. All right. All right. What do we got? What's our first track? Our first track is This Ain't California. Mm-hmm. 
2001 was wild, man. <laughs> yeah. I really like this song a lot. You get that little bit of that moody boy open, and then it's it's new metal time. It's new metal o'clock. Yeah. Uh, one, one of the things that they say in the documentary is that, like, Kenny was just this guy that was, like, a serviceable drummer but not great. But nobody knew that he could sing and definitely nobody had any inclination or mm-hmm. inkling that he could rap or would be like a rap rock kind of guy. Cause they all talk about how, when they saw that happen, they were like, what the fuck? That's Kenny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That we get, I think we got like, I don't know, like they talked to so many different people and they're all just sort of like, what? Huh? What? Kenny? What? Kenny can rap? I, it seemed like they just wanted to put all their friends in the dock, and they all had the same reaction, and they were just like, yeah, run them all. Run everybody's reaction. Not just four. We did get a, a lot of that. I will say yeah. it's a lovingly made documentary. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, no one was cut out. Uh, so no yeah, compliment I, uh, hit the cutting room floor. <laughs> you know, the... This title seems to be about shot against these Cali posers because these are Boston boys, you know. Worcester They're working mass. hard. As as we find out, you know, Matt, you love you love a hard worker, and oh. these guys, these guys were working hard. Blue collar Fli- through and through. Flyers everywhere. We've got to find out how much flyer work went into this band that they said they basically flyered people so much. That they were like, if I go to this show, it's because you fly you flyered me to my to my brink. I just can't see this anymore. I guess I gotta go. I guess I gotta go. There it is. They did well. So uh, this yeah. song is certainly new metal. Absolutely. Undoubtedly. It really like when I think of this is like if I would was gonna hand somebody a song, be like, "This is what new metal sounds like." <laughs> no hesitation. Listen to yeah. this song. This like yeah. scratches like a very nostalgic new metal itch for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, I think the timing of this release was a bit unfortunate. Um, Absolutely, but I I really like this song. All right, next up, what do we got? Speechless. Don't preach to me, close to me, 
that isn't worshiping at the riffage altar of Mr. Wesley Borland. Funny you should say that. Mm. They make a co- uh, there is a comment in the documentary talking about how. Uh, so these guys they formed in ninety seven ninety eight. Is that am I, I remember like, that? Correctly? I think like ninety six ninety seven. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So um, a lot of the people they they spoke to people in uh, controlled aggression for sure. There's another band I believe is called like America times three or something like that something like that yeah yeah um but they talk about how they thought that bands like limp biscuit were super cheesy but they they thought that that null set or gangsta bitch barbie as they were called at the time were not like they thought they were like the real deal but like stuff like limp biscuit was corny the real motherfucking deal you i think so like yeah get your lighters up uh no, no 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 not that kind of real not that kind of real deal but i mean i guess that makes sense kind of the vibe i got from this the people they were talking to were like dudes who definitely probably i haven't listened to controlled aggression so i don't know but the the understanding that i took from watching this documentary was that like they definitely wouldn't fuck with like new metal mm-hmm. it seems like they'd be like a lot more like straight ahead like on like the groove metal like yeah, that that kind of is what I got from listening to those dudes talk. Yeah, the the vibe I got was that they would probably put them. I the feeling I got was that maybe those guys are just a closer to like a like a butt rocks type of vibe. Um, mm. and I don't think they'd like you to hear you say uh, that. Very probably much. not. Probably <laughs> not. But I mean, you know, I I don't think yeah they were going for a necessarily a new metal vibe. And, no, I think yeah. they all thought new metal was corny. Yeah. Like they were like, we'll open for Stained, which comes up a lot. Like apparently all these guys opened up for Stained at a certain <laughs> point. Um, well, they mentioned everybody Stained, Corn, Disturbed, uh, Disturbed, Godsmack. You know, yeah, they opened up for all those guys. So I got to say, you know, we get a lot of footage of the band performing live, and Kenny is just bouncing. He's just bouncing around, he's just an animated man. And he gave me real big uh, Michael J. Fox energy. That's what I got from him. Uh, just, just constantly, just, just that Michael J. Fox in like the '80s, like the Back to the Future, uh, Sweet Smell of Success, that whole time. Was he in Sweet Smell of Success, or am I thinking of somebody else? I have no idea. Anyway, um, anyway, that that was kind of the vibe I got from him. But I wrote for this one. You know, we're rocking. We got some BP boys, rock solid new metal. These guys are committed to the bounce. This is real good. I like this one a lot. Matt mm-hmm. Nas? I'm on board. I'm on board. I'm taking the ride. I'm ready to do this. All right. Well, let us not slow the train down then. Up next, we've got Smoke Wood. I don't smoke wood. I smoke herb. Puff, puff, pass. December 1, baby. All right. Best 
A lot of interesting sounds here. I actually was not going to lead with this, but I'm curious about it. In that chorus, we do get a light changing. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. How'd you feel about that? It was so light, it didn't bother me. I didn't. I, I also, this is a so... Uh, I listened to this album one time and then I watched the doc and then I did my other listens. And I definitely think that like my perception of this album is colored by watching the documentary because I feel like it painted everybody in such like an endearing and entertaining light that I kind of feel like I am also now listening to this from the perspective of like, this is like my friends, mm-hmm. my old friends, ah, shippy, shippy, <laughs> like whatever, you know, shippy is shippy. I, I can't agree. say it any other shippy way. Shippy. Again, love shippy. The real darling of the doc, but I mean, we all love shippy, right? I'm telling you, you would love shippy. If you watch this documentary, you'd be like shippy. Good guy. Good guy. <laughs> um, but I kind of feel similar to when we, uh, similarly to when we were listening to Disturbed and I was just bought in. I feel like I'm just here for this record. So even with the light changing, it, it didn't impact me. I was, invin- I was invincible to the changing. So one of my favorite parts of the doc is when they talk about Kenny's lyrics and they say, they don't make any sense. They and that's fine. really fucking don't. <laughs> These lyrics, this guy is, if you've listened to At The Drive-In and thought, I like things to be just a little bit more incoherent. Just obtuse. Ken, Kenny's here. This song, ostensibly, I think, is going to be about this first line, which is something that every woman loves to hear hey miss soon to be best case scenario for me sploosh sploosh i mean sploosh (laughs) but then immediately petting zoo changed to living room swept up shark bait at your feet prosthetic violins sing binger chords prosthetic violins (laughs) that's a straight up at the drive-in line right there and by the time you get to the chorus he says, ants running swiftly past you need remix salad, fast food liberty. We're just pulling words out of the dictionary and slapping them together. That's Doesn't like mean reading. That's making a song out of a Scrabble board. That they are. But that's the thing about the documentary. They're like, oh, yeah, like they're not. They're definitely not throwing some people under the bus. 
They're like being cool about there's obviously like some shit that doesn't really get aired out. But when they're like ribbing the people in it, they're doing it with some kindness. Mm-hmm. And funny you should mention at the drive-in, Lauren, because when they got signed to Grand Royal, they got signed with two other bands. So uh, Grand Royal, which was like a some and, uh, Beastie Boys yep. record label. Yes, which we'll get to <laughs> we'll get some that. hot takes on that later. But okay. at the the time that Nullset got signed, they were they were called Gangsta Bitch Barbie at that time. But it was them. It was at the drive-in in Brand Van Three Thousand. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've got drinking in L. A. Oh, I couldn't remember what that song was, and so this uh, a it's a, a, rough. Well, Mitch and I looked it up. Wait, you guys don't like that song? No, I look. It's a it's like a nostalgia piece, but like stereo mic. Yeah, I love this song. This song, oh my gosh, this song takes me back in a huge way. Mitch and I were laying in bed on Sunday morning and looked this up, and then as soon as it started, we both started singing it because we remembered it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's a snippet from the Socha household. Same label as Dulcet. Same label as Dulcet. This had the drive-in. Uh, the part of this song that I didn't think I would, I didn't realize I had like deeply remembered so much was when she went, and we did nothing. Absolutely <laughs> nothing that day. Oh, that's like, one of oh the best parts. <laughs> oh, man. My, my sister and I, yeah, we're really, yeah. What's really great to remember about Brand Van Thousand is that this album has no other songs. <laughs> right. It is a, a one-hit wonder. It's a real Len situation. It <laughs> really, yes. <laughs> yes. They were like, what if we put Len and Beck in a blender? What one hit Canadian. could we get? They could have called it Len Beck. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Take that early aughts yeah well it's too bad i can't travel back in time to deliver that gem <laughs> well i remember when i was in uh when i was in college uh the guy who was the manager of my college station i was a freshman we were djing a party and he's like you know what we gotta throw on right now and i was like i have no idea what are we throwing on and he's like we gotta throw on a little brand van and i was like what brand van 3000 like what we're drinking in la and he's like no 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 no. this other song i'm like an- what and then he pulled out not this album but the album after this one that I didn't even know existed, and he played some track off of that, and everyone was like, what is this? And he's like, it's Brand Van. I'm like, dude, this is not the way. And he used to bust this thing out every time. Mm. He was like, I'm going to convince a crowd to love this song. He never stopped. He probably still plays it to this day. Man, Bill Dawson, I, let me know. I relate to that way too much. <laughs> Gotta bust out that Brand Van. It's not... I know what you mean though. Like, I am constantly playing parts of songs for people that I'm like, no, it's good. It's good. Why am I doing this? I need to stop doing this. I'm an adult. I try to convince people that like Super Drag is a great and overlooked band. 
Super drag's pretty good. I don't have a big problem with super drag. Right. See, that's your reaction, but I'm like, fucking listen to Unprepared. This is one of the greatest songs. Uh, I've not met anybody who has been like, agree. I I know I know someone actually who's wait is super drag the sucked out the feeling guys yes yes oh yeah I know someone a mutual well a friend of mine he's a huge huge super drag fan <laughs> <laughs> you see what I did right there yeah you yeah. just revealed uh okay yep. well let's keep going through this <laughs> record uh, up next we've got system. <laughs> Go to 204. 204, you got it, buddy. Here you go. System is a hot track. They're putting in the work. Industrial crunch with a admittedly funky bass. Did somebody order Ken. something? Ken. 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 I listened to you guys. My dick is away. Thank you. We didn't want to look until you No more doinks, right. baby. No, right. Can you stop calling them doinks, too? <laughs> Please stop. I don't want to limit you in your personal expression. <laughs> look, I had a conversation with John Legere. Yeah. Sans outfit, sans doinks. And he's like, I'm a man who believes in 45th chances. You're back in T Mobile. And boy, was I happy because I'm ready for 5G. I don't know about you. Use my brain as an antenna, baby. I'm ready. Wow. Wow. Um, Well, I'm glad to hear that he took you back. I think that that is his gain. Because you're a very good salesperson. Dennis, thank you. You're so welcome. Do you need to update your plan? I uh, I sent a contract. I you, hate to tell you. You did. I you did. did. I did. Are you uh, Are you waiving the fees to transfer? Like, how much will you cover? Look, if this is like a please help me deal, your friend and family to me. Oh, well, wow. It wasn't that, but. It's important to know what you're signing up for. You signed a contract. You Absolutely. need to read. You yeah. need to read. Well, 
great to see you, Ken. <laughs> so soon. Well, anyway, enjoy talking about Nullset. Thank you. Well, you know what? I'll tell mm. you who would have taken Funky Ken up on that offer, and that is Kenny. Because yeah. the first moment of pure joy I experienced during this documentary, other than talking to a dude on a motorcycle <laughs> while he was riding it and feeling like, please pay attention to what you're doing. I'm concerned for you, sir. Um, was when uh, Kenny's talking about Nolset doing the Battle of the Bands and the prize, I think, was something like fifteen or $2,500. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, we're going to do this thing. Is this cash? Is this ten ninety nine? What's going on? And I was like, <laughs> "That's my dude right there," because it'll tax you to hell if it's ten ninety nine. That's right, baby. <laughs> Say goodbye. Sixty percent of what I just pulled in. Oh man, it's brutal. But I was just like, "That's the difference between gross and net." <laughs> I like sat upright and I was like. This is my dude. <laughs> like, because that's exactly what I thought when they were like, they said it's going to be like, and then they said like fifteen or $2,500. And I was like, well, is this like, are you getting cash for this? Are you getting like taxed on this? Like, how much is it actually? <laughs> yeah. And I was very surprised to hear somebody echo my sentiment. <laughs> that sounds like gross and not net. What am I going to net here, baby? Yeah. But it turns out it was cash. So they went all in and like, Ooh. sounds like they bust people into this battle of the bands. They bust people in for the battle of the bands. They stack the audience. But at the same time, all the other bands were like, respect the hustle, respect gangsta bitch Barbie. These guys are legit. Like they deserve everyone they bust in. Like that's the thing. Every, all these other guys, from these other bands are just like mad respect. Tons of respect. Those guys, those guys are the real deal. We love them. Like they don't talk to anybody who's like, I, th- I think maybe the the only negative thing is uh the one of the guys from Controlled Aggression was like, how many people from my band is this band gonna take and get famous with? Also, he straight up said they sucked <laughs> when he listened <laughs> yeah. to the record. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> <Sucks>. this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that too. But that too. I'll tell you yeah. what, you. You check to see if something's going to get taxed all the hell. Well, I'm on your team. There you all go. right. Up next, you got a song called Better Days. You bring me down with all these games that you're playing. Found with the friends of the infant that was playing. That's a fun one. Very fun. I don't know if it's a pit activator, but boy, the the pit would be grooving on that boy. This is new metal comfort food. Right in the pocket, strong hooky riffs. The chorus feels familiar, but a good familiar. You're just like, yeah, this is what I want. Like just an old jacket you haven't put on in a minute. 
you're like, oh yeah, I remember this thing. Very fun. I did think it was interesting though that on the last verse they call out people who spend time chasing trends. That it seemed that the band itself was not always thinking about necessarily a new metal angle, but they found Kenny could rap, and so they were like, sure, yeah, new metal, we'll do that. What do you think, Jenny? Yeah, I thought that was a little bit interesting too, but the vibe I got was that by the time this gets to us, they're calling out people chasing trends, but at the time it was like, by the time it gets to us, they're calling that out. And it seems like they're in the midst of this being at the height of its popularity. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that was the same thing as when it was written, because one of the things they talk about in the documentary as well is that it took so long for this album to come out. And they specifically mm. say this came out a couple months before 9-11 and that just kind of killed it. Mm-hmm. Um, what I get from these dudes is that like none of them were like super into new metal or anything like that. This just like happened to be the, like the, the sound that their, that their band found that made sense that they were doing at the time. Mm-hmm. but there is something about this band that feels like a little more authentic and real about a lot of bands that we've listened to that seem to be just like, well, we'll do new metal just to do it. Right. I don't get that. Like this band is really tight and they sound like fun. Their songs are always fun. They are bops. I would say a lot of bops, a lot of bops. And uh, yeah, I, I want to just mention Chris, Chris, Chris is Chris. Okay. I just Chris say is that. Chris. Chris is Chris. Must like Shippy is Shippy, and uh, but there is a a lot of moments in it where it does feel like uh, if something had worked out just a little bit better, Null Set dropped this record in '99 in 2000, and we're like five albums deep in Null Set, you know, as opposed to just one. And uh, because they talk about that they get the label deal, and I think 99, they go out to Chris Vrenna from Nine Inch Nails' house and record a bunch of demos, and they find that their, I think it was their rhythm guitarist or their drummer, they lose a guitarist and they lose a drummer mm-hmm. in the process. And those are the th- some of the things that slow down the album coming out. If I feel like if they'd had a couple of those lined up, the album might have not been caught up in the sort of label purgatory that it ended up being in for a while. Yeah, there was also some like weird, not vague, like battle with the A&R person. We are still a little confused in the A&R. We were talking about this before we started recording. So they're trying to get the album to come out. And they confront the A&R guy and they say, hey, let's put this album out or we're going to take it back and we'll put it out. And so the A&R guy quits, apparently right on the spot. But it's not clear, is he quitting Grand Royal or is he quitting being their A&R guy? But then I'm watching the doc thinking, oh, so they self-release this? But then, no, it does come out. It does end up coming out. Why would the ugh, that makes no sense? Because the A and R guy would be like, "Look, if you do that, then you're not on Grand Royal." So it sounds like it sounds like 
they were getting a lot of suggestions from the record label and specifically this person about how they needed to sequence the album, what they needed to do, all sorts of things like that. And they were not feeling this direction. And then the album eventually did get released, but then 9-11 happens, Grand Royal, which is located not too far from where that happened, decides to shutter. Mm. And so then that's it. That's it. And they get dropped. And do do we want to talk about the mix? Oh, I guess we have to. All right. You you handle this one. So Mick Mick is furious. About the fact that they got Mick dropped. is the drummer, the one that everybody's like, shippy, shippy, Chris is Chris. Mitch Mick's is- an animal. Mick's <laughs> fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and so Mick is furious that they're dropped by Grand Royal. And he's indefinitely mad at the Beastie Boys. And basically insinuates that he feels that the Beastie Boys themselves are the reason that they were dropped. And so Mick says later on, I heard one of them just died. Good. Holy I was like, shit. holy you fuck shit. Me, then fuck you. I was not prepared. I don't think I've ever heard any MCA slander ever until this documentary. I was like, okay. I understand, Mick. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh well, we have plenty more songs to get through. We and sure do. And plenty more anecdotes to share from the stock. Uh, up next, we've got Kingpin. Don't step to the plate if you feel you've got to hesitate. The same reason why you complain about your state from the start. It broke my heart. You know, I'm. I think I'm gonna have to put this band in the uh, not for me category. Um, I think they're a little rough around the edges. I guess sophomoric, maybe a little corny. Hmm. The interesting thing about this band is that they are here to rock and they are here to rap and that is it. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no greater message. There's never right. at any point where they're like, what we're trying to say with our music is, it's like, no, no, no. We want to play rock music. Kenny's going to rap. 
mix an animal, shippy shippy, and that's what we're going to do. But there's a strange part of me that goes as far as we are in this show. Why, why wouldn't I just put on $3 bill? That's it's fair. a good question. It's fair. It's fair. And and I don't want to be that guy because this is later. And obviously, it took him a long time to get this record out. Maybe these songs are from before $3 bill. But there, I mean, there's like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not taking the null set ride. That's, I think it's, oh. Is this another sickness? It might be. It might be. So I'm on the ride. Yeah, I Matt, know you, you are. You, but I didn't see this doc. You did this, see this doc because if you did, you'd get that Jim is Jim. Okay. Shippy shippy. Shippy shippy. You would love shippy. Jenny, I, here's if Matt, if Matt's so shippy. You two sound like insane people. You keep telling me that shippy shippy and that Chris or whatever his drummer's name is is oh, Mick. Mick, Mick is insane. He's an animal. He's Mick's crazy. An animal. He's not. No one plays drums like that. He's traditional grip. Yes. Gloves. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you get multiple angles of Mick playing. We get shots. I, here's the best part. So you get shots. <laughs> you get shots. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just like watched life drain <laughs> from my face and eyes. Yeah. Matt Matt couldn't handle it when I said traditional grip. Traditional grip. He doesn't use that kind of Gene Krupa chopstick grip. No. No, no, no. No. no he's he's a, he's a machine. He's an animal. He's all these things. We get some concert footage. We get shot and it tells you in the corner fan footage. Then you get professional footage. Then you get, then you wife, get wife cam. <laughs> wife cam. <laughs> wife cam, fan cam. And this goes on for a while. Like I remember thinking, well, we'll cut back to get more into the narrative. No, no, no. We're gonna we're gonna cut between these uh these shots. Uh there's a lot of like, I feel like maybe when they were editing this, Nick uh Mick was like, put another shot of me drumming in there. <laughs> Even if you've got to reuse the same shot. Just I mean, get another Mick shot of me. Is an animal? He's an ant. I. He does seem like somebody who has a very um, pronounced and infectious personality. Mm-hmm. I'm not a drummer, so I can't speak to how animalistic his skills are. And I just think, like, anytime I hear somebody mention something like specific about like how somebody plays, it's funny to me. Because they're always like trying to make a point, but I don't fucking get it. But like I appreciate that you're trying to like tell me something about that. So the traditional grip thing got me. Um, I also imagine that we would probably have some deep disagreements about lots of social issues based on the documentary. I was like, oh, oh, I'd argue with Mick. Yeah, me and Mick might not see eye to eye. I actually don't think he'd talk to me for very long at all. <laughs> oh, that's uh, cool. I'll see you around. I would just say, I don't think at any point Nullset tried to broaden the audience. <laughs> no, they're swinging for what I like to call the dong. <laughs> I don't think they'd appreciate that as much as I, I said they, to yeah 
I said know. to you at one point that uh, playing for the a, pouch. No, that at one point I said to myself, "Are they going to talk to any women or a woman at no. any point?" The answer is and, no. They sing to a woman who's called Mistress Something or Other, who like does programming at like the local alternative rock station mm-hmm. in Worcester. Yeah, but, but they never. Yeah, we don't. We don't hear from wives or girlfriends, moms grandmas Mm-mm. no 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 any there's like you wouldn't think if like if the only thing that survives the eventual destruction the complete destruction of the planet earth is the null set documentary you'll be like wait what was that that's what a woman will be yeah. wait, what? No, no 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 that one seems different rewind, rewind that rewind. one seems different that one seems different well, what's that what's that because mm-hmm. there were no or it would be white men would yeah. be the only thing remembered from this doc. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. Um, I think we're ready for the next song. All right. 6.5. <laughs> Chippy was playing a bit a funky bass, and I know that Ken just got his job back. <laughs> so yeah, it's hard for Ken um, to appear <laughs> every time we hear a funky bass. <laughs> That's totally fair. That's fair. That's fine. I just wanted to talk about Chippy again. Mm. Well, my understanding is Chippy is Chippy. Chippy <laughs> is Chippy. He's Chippy. He is. You know, I, I you, do love you, definition by definition. <laughs> um. My uh, the lyric I wrote down in this one was, "Can you forgive the commode that I rode in your ear?" You know what? <laughs> yes, Ken, I can. You know what? Kenny's Kenny. It's how he does it, and uh, that's fine. You know, they're just keeping it funky here. There's not a ton of menace. I, w- I was fine keeping it six point five, whatever that means. Probably nothing. As the band has said, these lyrics, I love the idea of him writing these lyrics down and then being like, what do you guys think? And everyone's like, sure, whatever. It seems all very painless. They make making an album. We think about writer's block. We think about this tortured genius. And the making of this Null Set record is like, yeah, we got in the studio. We wrote some riffs. We wrote some raps. 
and we recorded it. Howard Benson helped us make make the songs better. That was it. it. Seemed like a pretty painless situation. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's keep listening. Uh, up next is a song called H Bone. Another rubberneck witness enters the scene unsolicited. Well, in disguise as a narrow-minded hypocrite. But it's okay, set the stage. A bigger show, but I can see through the stage. The pawns that you play think you have credibility. The live show exposes your ability to look reply. But I think you missed your plane. Your CD, it comes with a free gold chain. And it's about your neck, but what the heck? Cause they bought it, and who cares? You got your money in your pocket, then the song remains the same. It never changes the one hit one. I'm on MP. I'm on MTV. Get my MP3. This one's about posers and sellouts, you guys. There's a spoken word from some record label hack at one point. Oh yeah, love that. That's a pretty good part. You gotta teach people a lesson. But this is also very rap, rap, rippity rap. This is definitely like, I went to the store because I needed some more. <laughs> Don't be a bore. And do your chores. <laughs> yeah. Like a whore. Like a whore. Yeah. It's, uh, it is, I'm telling is it, you. Is it shippy being shippy here, though? <laughs> um, not Never so much. Never shippy. That's the only person <laughs> that should come out of this unblazed. <laughs> Uh, Chippy is a true yeah. sweet <laughs> gentleman bass player. That's true. What did they call him? Did they call him Abraham Lincoln at one point? Isn't that one of his nicknames? He's yeah. got a couple nicknames. There are a lot of weird compliments. There's a point. So Scotty, who's on vocals, apparently owns a computer company. Kenny. 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 Shit. So sorry. Kenny. Uh, he... He owns a computer company, and nobody's specific about what that means, but he does just sort of like randomly throw out mentions of technology, specifically when praising Howard Benson. He says he'd follow him, he'd friend him, give him a lot of stars, Yelp the guy. Yes, that's right. Yeah, he runs through all of the ways. He's like, thumbs up, heart his, heart him on Instagram, put him in my top eight on MySpace. He runs through a lot of different like ways that you could offer flattery on the internet. But, but all from a 2001? No. So this oh, no. documentary, it should, I guess this is uh, a, a useful bit of information, it came out about four years ago. So this was like a look back, and since that has happened, Nolset has started uh, performing shows again. Oh wow! Okay. So they, it seems like they've played shows as recently as like a couple months ago, mm-hmm. if Facebook is to be believed. Which, why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? 
yeah, I uh, yeah, Ken's Ken. I mean, I don't know if I can stress it enough, but he really is. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, in the interest of Matt not completely unfriending us in real life, Mm -hmm. uh, let's continue to go through this album. Up next, we've got Complacent. So uh, we haven't talked about about this in a while, but I listened to this album doing the Christ God Challenge, Ooh. Uh, where I uh, listened to this once um, over speakers, once on headphones, and once while doing something active. Uh, so I listened to this in my car, listened to this while doing some chores, and uh, then listened to it just uh, headphones deep into the lyrics. And this is a really great car album really great in the car like you're just especially if you're on the, the freeway you just zip through those turns hearing about how people are complacent you're like yeah great car record very much enjoyed it for that and also works well for chores honestly the the weakest listen was like sitting down and truly trying to like hash it out like you need <laughs> yeah. to be doing something if you're just like sitting with this album it's gonna be a little tougher um, that's yeah. kind of where I am. Well, because that's what we're doing right now. I know. Yeah, yeah. We're this analyzing. This is the toughest it. one. This is the toughest one. <laughs> Jenny, did you happen to do a Christ Scout challenge on this? Uh, I did. So I agree. I, I listened to it um, on my drive to work and then some on the way home today. Uh, I listened to it uh, while I was cleaning the house. And then I agree. I listened to it once just sitting down with headphones and like actually paying attention to it. And I was like, oh, because when you're watching it in the documentary, like it's you, you hear a lot of this music in the documentary quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And it's like really kind of just like makes sense and feels right. Same thing if it's background. I think this is how this has to be background because. And I don't think this would be like anything offensive or like surprising, but like the way that they talk about the lyrics and like how they approach them, it's like, oh yeah, it doesn't matter, whatever. So if you're saying like it doesn't matter, whatever, I would assume that you wouldn't want people to like sit down and like study 
your nonsense lyrics. And I think this band sounds good, but I, I can see what you mean, Matt, when you're like, what is what's happening here that's different than the other things that are happening at the time? And or have happened, right? Yeah. There isn't... I'm not getting that null set vibe. Like, you're kind of getting it. You two are getting it because you watched this documentary, which ingratiated you to the band. You kind of want to see these guys succeed. For sure. And I'm not saying that I want to see these guys fail. Matt. I can't believe you'd say that about shipping. How dare you. But what I am saying is that when I take a listen to this, I have different ears than you do at this point. You and Lauren both have sympathetic ears. Not sympathetic. Maybe that's too harsh. But you have ears that are a little bit more open. I hear what I hear and you are hearing what you hear. We'll talk about the rest, I guess, when we'll get to canon talk. But my question right now is, with two tracks left and then a hidden track, how respectful of our time is this record? Uh, This record comes in at 42 minutes and 32 seconds. Oh, my. So it's pretty respectful of our time. Very respectful. Yeah. All right. Up next, we've got Humid. a slow boy but i like the build up there i like the aggression in this song probably more than any song that we've had so far we're getting heavy rage vibes on this one and lyrics are straight up word salad but kenny just knows the right ones to give that scream to at one point he screams clarity and i said if only kenny <laughs> if only <laughs> But uh, yeah, I was enjoying it. I, uh, yeah, I got to tell you, the drive listening to this album, I remember thinking, these guys, they crack the code. But once you sit down and you try to crack the code, you're like, oh, no, it's, 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 it's Pearl Jam, no code. Jenny, thoughts on Human? I liked it. I felt like the vibe I got from this record and also from watching the documentary was that like these guys were kind of, they worked really hard. But I feel like they work really hard no matter what. And it sort of felt like they were like along for the ride. Like there was never any point in the documentary that any person was like, well, I knew I had to play music and that was all I was going to do. And I was just a musician. It was like, yeah. And then this person joined the band and then, yeah, like 
he had a sound all his own. Nobody plays like X or Y person. But like, especially with Kenny, they were like, well, he had a computer business and would always tell us that like, he's just going to do his computer business if this falls through. So like, right. Look, I've got a compact Presario, and, you know, I can build computers that are better than this. It sounds well, like he's doing okay. In the liner notes, which I'm very, very excited to get to, Ken thanks, he thanks his mom and his dad, he then he thanks Melissa and Andrea, and then he thanks everyone at Blue Star Computer Corp. So, he thanks his company right up front. And... I guess we'll just talk about it now. Near the end of his thank yous, he says, in all caps, an extra special shout out to all the people who talk shit. You have helped inspire me. And then he does one of our favorite things that we haven't heard in a while. He does some no thanks. Ooh, a classic no thank you. (laughs) He says, no thanks to people who book your band and don't follow through with their word and pizza places that don't sell slices. Oh, wow. Wow, add it to the list. <laughs> the list of no thank yous now includes places that have book a band and don't follow through, pizza places that don't sell slices, and Colin Quinn. <laughs> Never forget that. <laughs> and coffee with Serge. Yeah. I yeah. feel like all of those fit together nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim also had some thank yous and some no thank yous. He thanked anyone who's taken shit from me and hit their tongue. And, uh, he says, and especially our crew for picking up after our ass and never bitching. And then he said, no thanks to me, assholes who don't call back, lazy industry wannabe liars, lawyers, except Phil, bill collectors who try to steal my shit box and people with huge thank you lists. Boom. Got him. Wow. That's I got him. That's also, uh, I'm thankful to be reminded. Do you have more, Lauren? Is I have one more. more. Thanks. I, yes, t- no, that's it for the no thanks. But I want to mention Shippy. Shippy thanks at the end of his list, the Anheuser-Busch Company, which after this documentary makes total sense. And Mick says at the end of his thank yous, to my unfatable bros in the band for giving me the call. To wow. be called an unfatable bro feels like a very high compliment. Yeah. There were an array of characters in the documentary that seemed to just be very... They had somebody that they are calling the head of merchandising. which Merch is- boy! Merch boy. Merch boy. That was his nickname, but he was the head of merchandising. And his contribution was that it was easier to sell shirts that said bitch. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They had a manager, though. So we we all do improv. And sometimes we do like really like character driven stuff. And there's one character that I've done several times called Road Dog, who's just like this dude who's been out on the road with tons of different bands. I've never felt more validated by a documentary than when we saw the manager (laughs) in this documentary. I was like, I fucking nailed that. It's Road Dog. It's, yes. 
Dude has like weird like NASCAR sunglasses on inside. He won't never sit takes up. never takes the glasses off. He won't sit up either. But the thing I missed, I realized by watching him, I should have worn camo pants when I was mm. doing this. Mm. But he is just like, oh yeah, there's these these guys. They had like roadies occasionally. Mm-hmm. It was. It was a very intense to do, and I loved getting to see all of those people and just sort of wondering, like in in the universe of people that we know who are in in bands or successful and like making comedy and things like that. Like, who are the people? Who I I don't know. It was just like a very fascinating, uh, very fascinating trip through mm-hmm. all the people. Absolutely. We've only got a couple songs left. We sure do. Let's get them. Up next is El Natural. I won't bite your style. I won't bite your style. What's your question, Matt? What these lyrics? What what's going on? Matt, you didn't even get to the part about the press on dreadlocks, okay? So let's see. Until I vomit, you'll say I'm full of approval. It's unnecessary, not aware. I don't care about your adversary. Sour grapes begin to sound like wine. Contemplate rules with fools who waste my time. Like a shark, I'm parked under the mind. Feels blowing up attitudes so I can see who's real, who's full, and who in the proof is in the actual. I won't bite your style. Meanwhile, it's all natural. I won't bite your style. It's all natural. Wow. Jenny, thoughts on El Natural? Um, it definitely feels like the album's winding down. Not my favorite song on the album, but still I think you said it earlier, but it's sort of just like in the pocket of new metal. Yeah. I think this is a lot of like this is like what I want from new metal in nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. Um, by mm-hmm. the time we get to now, which <laughs> has been, you know, twenty one years. Yeah. Um but I I don't know. It definitely wasn't one that I will revisit. I think there are some on this album that I'll revisit over time, but uh, not so much this one. How about you, Lauren? Yeah, the drum sound on this is really dated to me. Like, it's really weird to think about this drum sound coming out three months before, like, The Strokes is this it. Any album that came out in, like, 2001 that this these drums that this yeah this it's mc just, 900 foot jesus drum is on yeah yeah very yeah very unusual yeah i wonder how old this one is i mean it's fine close i mean the the quote-unquote closing track before we get to untitled hidden track 
Should we go there now? I think so. I think so. There's four bars of the heck I'm gonna do with a clamp down and go into your lap. Matt, okay. Matt, before Matt's, Matt, Matt, Matt okay. has reached the end of okay, his Okay, okay, listen, listen, listen. Matt, Matt smiled, <laughs> Matt smiled, <laughs> Matt smiled, <laughs> and then he got well, upset. December 1st in Michigan, you can. That is true. No, so. I mean, I've been waiting to puff up past. Oh, by the time this is on on the air, by the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and me, you and me are going to be Rastas by the time oh, this is on the air. by the time this is. By the time this is available to people in the intertubes, I'm gonna be you and me knee deep in legal weed. Yeah, we're gonna be <laughs> Rastafarians by oh the time. Oh my god, I'm gonna you, have an entire you, kiddie pool. Me and I'm gonna smoke weed out of a kiddie pool. I don't know how yet. And Selassie, <laughs> baby. Oh my god, give me some of that indica. Give me some sweet kush. Yeah, I clearly don't smoke weed. Me you can very much tell that. We are nerds. Total nerds. <laughs> so we got to mention a lot of great new metal math going on in this song. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, the math on this song is next level it's new just metal. Counting <laughs> the <laughs> new metal not, math. He's not doing math. He's just <gasps> counting. One time, I took two steps and did three things with four bitches. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, all wow. it's all hoes. It's all hoes. Uh, well, then he gets to the grades and the things that you accomplish in the grades. He's like in sixth grade. And then something, <laughs> I, I wish I'd written it down because when he gets, he goes, and then in ninth grade, you're getting laid. I was like, well, ninth well, no, grade? No, you're not. No, no, you're not. What? I read a statistic today that said that 55% of teenagers have sexual intercourse, like PNV intercourse. That's not what the statistics said. No, <laughs> wow. Get that sweet P&V. <laughs> no, so that 55% of teenagers have sex by the time that they are 18. I wow. would have thought that statistic would have been higher. Higher? Yeah. No, there's a lot of nerds. It's right <laughs> where it should be. <laughs> I guess most of my close friends were women or people who were fucking you were friends with people that be slapping that oh everyone was slapping you gotta Uh, be slapping uh, miles Uh, left and right wherever you looked everyone's mm. slapping well that's the last song and i guess it's time for get and talk uh i'll start you know these guys are having a good time (laughs) you know and this thing comes out in 99 2000 I think they stick around for a while. And it's comfortable new metal. It doesn't really have any standout moments, but I'm not upset that I heard it. I had a lot of fun listening to it. It's great in the car. Put that put this thing on in the car. Uh, but I don't really have anything for the canon. Jenny, thoughts? 
The only thing I have for the canon is the dock. I think is, the dock is worth watching. So I you think put the, it, the dock in the canon, not the junk drawer. Mm, we don't really have a lot of new metal documentaries. It's true. And I do think that it captures... I do think it captures, like, weirdly, the spirit of new metal at the time that this was released and also the way that it aged and was, like, looked upon. Because mm-hmm. it only came out a few years ago. Yeah. So, I I think that the, if you want to know... Uh, I don't care if it goes in the, the junk drawer or the canon itself, but I think it needs to be somewhere in there because it was genuinely like, it was certainly made with all the love of somebody who was involved in this and in this specific scene at the time. And like, it's sort of like a fun nostalgic romp to look Mm -hmm. back on things. But I did think it was actually interesting and like, there were lots of fun moments and there are lots of fun characters in it. And I do think that it captures some of the spirit and the essence of that time in music. I agree with that. And I think it's really important for people if they really want to know how shippy is shippy. I love shippy. I love them. I would, I would put shippy in charge of the canon if I could. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Shippy, shippy. And, you and would, y- you would get it if you, Matt, if you I'm saw sorry. the doc, you'd know. I mean, just Jim is Jim. A link. <laughs> it's just on YouTube. We didn't talk about this, but I think it's very important. They bring it up that they were basically forced at the last minute to change their name from Gangsta Bitch Barbie to Nullset. And they right. all agree that Nullset is a bad name and they should have <laughs> just stuck with it. But it is fun to hear all these grown men all go, Who is going to sue us? Mattel? 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 Like, ah. I don't think Mattel was a, <laughs> a lot of them. I will say I appreciated the moment of self-awareness when I heard a lot of them say, I don't think Mattel was really going to sell us. I think <laughs> yeah. this dude was just trying to like inflate our egos about like the hype around her fan. It's like, I don't think Mattel knew we existed. <laughs> um, do you uh, think, do you think if they'd been called gangster bitch Barbie and the album still comes out as a dead, do you think, no. They, no. No. Mm-hmm. No. 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 Doesn't no. matter. No, okay. Gangsta Bitch Barbie, in my opinion, is a terrible name. Worse name than Null Set. Whoa. Easily. Okay. Oh, All right. leaps and bounds. I get worse. that you could probably sell more t shirts that said, like, Merch Boy. I remember there was a t shirt at, like, the funny t shirt store in my, like, local mall that was like, uh, when I grew up, I want to be Barbie. That bitch has everything. And I was like, Mom. I want that shirt. And my mom said, no, you're in seventh grade. You don't get to have that shirt. We had a big fight about it. Oh, So wow. I agree with Merch Boy. Mm. Probably would be easier to sell a gangsta bitch Barbie shirt. But it's still, a, it, it's a much worse name. I don't yes. think the name had. It doesn't have legs. I mean, it's just, it's a rap song. From like a two live crew adjacent band. Matt, thoughts on Nullset? I didn't like it. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna pretend that I did. I didn't. I was 
a little too in the cups for this listen, but uh, it didn't do much for me. It made me nostalgic for other bands and and other things. But I do want to see this doc, and maybe that'll make me soften on this record. Um, so I'm all for the doc going in wherever. Get in where you fit in, documentary. All right. Well, then there you have it. We will induct the doc into the new metal cannon. Let's get in there. We don't have any docs in the cannon. We're not putting it in the junk drawer. We're not putting it. You can't put it. Am I going to put Shippy? You know what? Am I going to put Mick in the junk drawer? You better fucking not. Better. He punch right out. Where'd you put me? Where'd you put me? If you try to put Mick in the junk drawer, you would be dead within a week. Uh, I'll be over for you. All right. So there you have it. Null set by null set. Not in the new metal canon, but null set the gangsta bitch Barbie story, the documentary in the new metal canon, a new metal doc you should all seek out so you can find out how Kenny is Kenny. Jim is Jim. And Shippy. Shippy. And that does bring us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on saying hello online. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. If you know about other new metal documentaries... Where they talk to everybody. Let us know. We want to watch them. We love to see it. Until next time. Jenny, thank you. Lauren, thank you. Matt, thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Confess. Well, let me guess who can it be? Which one of you lost your spine just in time for me to see through your smoke and your mirrors? So listen up, fuckers, I know you hear me clearer than your bells. You let freedom ring too far to tell. You don't remember me.